and welcome to the First Issue Club Comic Book Podcast, where your weekly reading club for First Issue Comics this week. We've got two of them. We're talking Snow Angels and Hollow Heart. Oh, yeah. Great books. Oh, yeah. And one of them's a comicsology book, so you don't even have to leave your house to get it. You know what I was thinking today? Is best digital comic the easiest Eisner to win? <laughs> is that an Eisner? It is. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Uh, Chip Zdarsky won it last year With, for Afterlife. Uh, yeah. Which, if you ask me to name digital comics that came out last year. It's like the only one you can. That's the only one I can think of. You think Jeff Lemire has it in the I back? I think he's just trying to get himself an easy <laughs> Eisner here. Him and Jock are like, let's just step right up to the plate. I just do it. Normally, we would have taken this to Image, but let's get an Eisner. And Afterlift is going to print now. Yeah. So Double dipping. Double dipping. (laughs) These guys are smart. They are very smart. Nobody called Jeff Lemire a fool. (laughs) No, of course not. (laughs) Uh, So I'm Mike D. The Budget King is with me. I'm here. We're going to get into some comic book news before we get into those books. And we're going to start by talking the buzz of the week, the eBay stratosphere launch that was comic book cards this past week. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy. It had. Did, did you go digging in your own old collection for things? You know what? I didn't because it's buried under boxes and boxes. Um, they're also probably in really bad shape. I remember them being like stuck together (laughs) like peeling some apart like going back through them to look at them but i mean i saw some on here that people were asking like 50 bucks for that i was like i know i have that i have at a minimum one copy of right so yeah that's so what we're talking about is that comic book cards have blown up to the point that they're like they're not pokemon level no which that those are in like the multiple thousands but comic cards that were Two months ago, three months ago, trash worth ten cents are now worth fifty, hundred, and in some cases six hundred dollars. <laughs> and it's specifically people are really gunning for these the early like nineteen ninety four cards that you can also get in comic books. So people are buying these first edition of X Men, which are like literally the most printed X Men books in the history. There's tons of these, and people are and I should we sent this picture around in our text chain. They're they're selling it as the rookie cards of these comic book people. There's no such thing as rookie comic book <laughs> cards. Like when we're talking about a first on card appearance, give me a break. <laughs> That's out of control. We have to draw a line somewhere as so idiots spending our money on stupid things. Okay, so you know one thing that is fueling this? What's that? Wall Street in this whole like Reddit world of like manipulating market and just like betting on things is starting to invest in cards really as a commodity which i know is good for you because that's something you have a lot of i've collected them my entire life so comic cards are also like part of that now yeah if you don't know the story of like the charizard of how it went to like seventy five thousand dollars at some point or maybe even more go look it up the comic book cards aren't to that level but the fact that a deadpool rookie card is selling straight up. I mean, we we saw it sell for $200. Yeah. Is bl- mind-blowing. And I don't know wherein people have any finger on the pulse of scarcity. Just because they're, it went from being zero market to hella market. Right. Which seems to be a trend with comic book stuff. That I just see one thing sell on eBay for a large amount of money. And then everybody's like, I have to own or sell this thing fucking thing it it has to be part of covid culture that we're just so mind-numbingly bored 
people are just like in it and they're like digging uh, through old stuff and they're shopping at home. Yeah. You know, and it, we're in the golden age of like, I was thinking about this for like indie comic books. Mm-hmm. They get this scarcity push. Yeah. That like it could be a good book and it's scarcity and then it has hype, which yeah. like five years ago didn't exist. Mm hmm. So you'd have an indie book, it might be good, but nobody cared about the print run of it. Sure. Or what publisher it was necessarily like on. So it didn't get that bump, the value bump. I have an idea. Yes, let me hear it. We're going to sell one of our own comics to the other one for a crazy amount of money and start the spec snowball for whatever this weird random comic thing we have is. I love it. The beauty of this is this isn't market manipulation because this isn't stocks. Right. This is comics. It's just comics. It's it's the Wild West. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> do we lose money in buying sell- and selling fees? Not not enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're going to be filthy rich by the end of this. So, <laughs> so we're going to look for, like, some key spec accounts then. Yes. Sell this thing and then at- mention them or post it and be like, wow, can't believe how much this sold for and just see if we can get it right, going. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I know all of these accounts. I like follow most of them. So <laughs> I love this idea. <laughs> I didn't think we'd go there with the comic book card conversation, but no, this is this is where we should. This go. is the plan. Yeah, now. that's what this is. I mean, to bring it back around, yeah, like these comic book cards should have no value. Mm-hmm. Their art belongs in the comic. They don't belong on a four by five piece of cardboard. <laughs> It, it it should be worth nothing. Yeah, right. <laughs> and the fact that it's worth anything over a fun dollar <laughs> is crazy. It is. What else we got in the news? Newsarama. I love this. <laughs> uh, quoted Marvel exec saying that Reptil will be its next biggest hero. Are you familiar with Reptil? No. Okay. I'm going to read to you a quick synopsis of who Reptil is. He's a pre-existing character. He's a pre-existing character. He, he hasn't been around very long. Okay. He got introduced in like a Civil War one-shot. And he is reptilian? He is the child of two archaeologists who had his body fused with an enchanted fossil that allows him to channel physical aspects of prehistoric creatures, most typically dinosaurs. This is our next. Marvel's saying this is the next biggest hero. Okay, but hear me out here. Okay. Biggest in size? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they meant he was just going to be very large. If in the 90s you heard, hey, our next biggest hero yeah. is going to have the powers of Wolverine and the costume of Spider-Man, you would have been like, no, you're an idiot. But therein lies Deadpool. <laughs> So maybe they're right. You think that this is going to be the next biggest thing? I think preposterous. <laughs> Here's where they may have overshot it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Dinosaurs play well with five-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> they aren't really fodder for teens. Yeah. We're past our heyday of Jurassic Park. Right. By the time you're in your teens, you're more into, I don't know, TikTok. Kid who turns into dinosaurs seems like it's for babies. <laughs> Kamala Khan was like also for you and me. Totally. You That's, know what I mean? I loved those comments. It's the Shrek thing where you got to scale up the thing. Like Shrek was funny to parents, entertaining to kids. Yes. Kamala Khan is very appealing to me as a person who wants that type of stuff in comic books and also great. Super powerful yeah. to younger people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Reptile. Great for five-year-olds and doesn't scale. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> on, pa- on paper. I.e., not the 
next biggest hero. <laughs> what? Maybe maybe it was a typo. <laughs> <laughs> Has to be. I can't think of any other explanation. It blew my mind. Great news today. Yeah, we did okay. Can I tease something before we do our line? Please. In our Patreon, I think we're going to have one of our best Patreons that we've had in a really long time. Oh, boy. We are doing a whole little bit where we do what comic book person would you bring to your cousin's wedding? Yeah, top five. Top five. Who are the top five superheroes to bring to your cousin's wedding? Doesn't have to be superheroes because I'd have to amend my list. Oh, comic book characters. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Okay, sorry. Jimmy Olsen could be your plus one. (laughs) Not a superhero. Right, correct. I put maybe too much thought into it. I put a good amount of thought into it. All right, great. Yeah, Yeah, I don't. I mean, you won't be embarrassed how much thought you put into it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm just a spoiler. I'm not bringing a reptile. <laughs> you aren't? No. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, reptile. Okay. If this, there's the problem. If this were a year in the future, you'd be I'd obviously be like you, thirsty for yeah, reptile. You'd be stupid not to be bringing a reptile. <laughs> He's going to be the biggest thing. Yeah. <laughs> he won't even fit in the venue. He's going to be so big. <laughs> so big. Well, with that. Let's, Let's get, get this, this podcast, podcast started. Our first book on the podcast today is called Snow Angels. It is a comicsology exclusive for now. <laughs> I'll say a lot of these things end up in print if they're really successful. Mm-hmm. They'll go to uh, Image or some other publisher and they'll print them as a trade. Mm-hmm. But Hey, why not uh, support Digi Comics and creators? It's a dollar cheaper. Without killing trees, and it's cheap. If you have Comixology Unlimited, I believe, this is free. Correct, yeah. So you can just go read it right now. And I think you get a free seven-day trial. So is you... it just seven days now? Something like that. It used to be like three months. Okay. <laughs> Either way, you can read this book for free or next to free. Yeah. Um, so Jeff Lemire wrote this, if we haven't mentioned that yet. We love Jeff Lemire. Mm-hmm. Let me count the ways. Only person we like more is Matt Kent. That's true. <laughs> Two favorite. They're kind of a pair, aren't they? Yes, for us at least. We funded Cosmic Detective mm-hmm. yeah. on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And that book's coming. We got an email update the other day, which I love that on Kickstarter, they really promote like, hey, your audience hasn't heard from you in a while. Let's send everybody an update. Right. So I can be like, Oh, they are actually making the thing I paid for. Right, yeah. They're not just, like, disappearing with my money. Uh, I do. I, I funded a $200 watch that had a tiny um, taser in it to wake you up. Oh, my God. Never heard back? Never got it. Ugh. And their whole thing was that it releases adrenaline so that you immediately, like, wake up. Oh, my God. I don't think it was quite $200. That's embarrassing. <laughs> but it was it was more than $100. And they took that money and fucking ran. Yeah. <laughs> But not not Cosmic Detective. Oh, yeah. Our point is Jeff Lemire is reliable. He's not going to let you down. Mm-hmm. He's going to follow through. Does he follow through in Snow Angels? Probably. Artist, Jacques. Jacques. Super famous comic book artist. Yeah. One of the top. Yeah. I mean, what's crazy with Jacques is like, you know, when he was doing Snapshot or Witches, people loved it. Yeah. And then he comes and does like heavy hitting DC stuff and the Batman who laughed and all that kind of stuff and just like seals his fate is amazing. All right, so this book is about, here's here's my fun synopsis for it, um, a township that lives in an icy Grand Canyon. Obviously, it gets crazier from there, but what do you think of just the setting outright? The setting of it was both vast and minimal, which 
great. It's awesome because yeah. it's never ending long wise, yeah. but very small. <laughs> like yeah, there's like nowhere to run and hide. Yeah. You're just like in a canyon mm-hmm. covered in ice. You're slip sliding everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's such a wild idea. <laughs> in my head, it's like, this is the future and the world is filled with water and has gone into another ice age. Mm-hmm. And so the Grand Canyon like filled up with water. Yeah. And now they're living in it. That's like what my head put together. Right. You know, it's crazy you're saying the Grand Canyon. I I like literally thought of it as like infinite, but you're right. It has to have an end. They just can't go to it. Yeah. They can't survive. The environment is just so brutal. Right. They mention like if you go above the canyon, the winds are just so high that you wouldn't like last a day. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Just that on concept alone, I'm intrigued. <laughs> it's, it's so fun. My brows both raised. <laughs> Is it is it more impressive to make both brows raise or just the one? I think if you do the one, people think you're doing the people's eyebrow, the rock thing. Yeah, right. And so then they're like, oh, you're stuck in the 90s wrestling era? <laughs> Which I'm not. Yeah, okay. But I'm do- full-blown surprised. So. <laughs> okay. oh, oh, surprised. Yes, okay. Not so, challenging me to a, <laughs> a fight. So two eyebrows, we've Got decided. It. Yeah. I'm glad we can put that past us. <laughs> the other thing that this book has, so it's like, yes, the world of it, is just like completely nailed. Yeah. Then there's the typical Jeff Lemire thing, which is like the family familial relationship thing in, in dealing with different stuff like that. So there's yeah. a dad where the mom died and he's raising two girls and he's kind of raising them like boys to survive in this patriarchal society. So it's beautiful. Right. To have that as well as. He also race. mentions a brother briefly. And then is like, I, I don't have a brother. I meant your mother. That has to be a tease for something later. Yes. Did he fuck his brother? Their mother is his brother. <laughs> your mother is your brother. <laughs> He's either ashamed of his brother or he doesn't want them to know that his his brother is like someone else in the community or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, they don't know that his brother existed. So that's. Something we I'm can... assuming he actually has a brother. He's just lying to his kids about it, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're both on the same page there. Unless it was truly a typo. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, didn't mean to do that. Uh-huh. Let's no. just, instead of correcting it in the word bubble, we'll explain it in the next panel. <laughs> right. I'll correct myself in the next panel. Yeah. That would be a good a good red herring for, for Jeff, <laughs> Jeffrey to do. But you're right. The relationships between the characters... We're fantastic. But before we even realize there's a township or there's other people in the canyon, we've spent a lot of time with just this family traveling through this ice canal. Yeah, totally. Uh, This is going to spoil it a little bit. So they have this thing where they're like, and the other thing you need to fear is the snowman. There's three tenants of canyon life. (laughs) Do you know them? One, the canyon always provides. Okay. Two, Something about not leaving the canyon, maybe? Okay, you can't ever leave the canyon. Good. And then three? The snowman's going to get you? Is that the snowman's going to get you? (laughs) The snowman's going to get you, I think is what it is. (laughs) (laughs) So when you read that, Uh as an adult, you assume snowman is their nomenclature their towny nomenclature for... I was picturing like a grizzly bear or like some mega ice age creature. Right. Come to find out, it's actually a cybernetic suit. Either way, 
this thing massacred the entire town with a knife. Yeah, so, right. straight up, like, evil, bad, bad. You follow the family on this really intimate trip where they're going on a hunting expedition. Again, frowned upon for the women to join mm-hmm. that, especially kids as young as his daughters. But he's having this special moment. It's one of their birthdays. And when they come back, town's bloodied. Yes. Oh, can I also say, I loved this moment where he gave his daughter this, like, trinket he'd found from, like, the people of old. When she clicks it on, it shows, like, grids. Geometric maps. Constellations, maps, all kinds of, like, crazy cool-looking stuff. That little bit blew my brain wide open on, like, what this world could be, what it used to be. It expanded the world huge. Yeah. Yeah. In that, just that one small, sweet moment. Right. It really does plant the seed for this, like, cyber killer guy to to show up at some point, right? Right. That above the canyon, is there great cities with, like, amazing technologies? Are there metropolises inside of domes? Right. Wherein technology and modern life still flourishes, and these people just happen to survive for hundreds of years in an apocalyptic future because... A canyon sheltered them from <laughs> the elements? Right. Maybe. Right. We don't know. These these sort of books that make you just speculate constantly and it's so, are really the, the good ones. Oh, I love it. It's so easy to enter. It's 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 simple but vast. It's yep. awesome. So they're stumbling in this seeing that the place is massacred, right? Yep. And the dad is like, quick, like, you got to listen to me. Get underneath a dead body. Yeah. That is that would be my go-to move in any mass shooting. You've thought about this so many times. Yeah, is like I'm gonna try Pretend to. You're dead. Yeah, try to find the dead body and put it over myself. That is, Ooh. that's my go-to move. Ooh, it gives me chills just thinking about it. Yeah, I think I'd be so panicked that I wouldn't even be able to like make any intelligent, informed decisions oh, about well, survival. The fact that I'm pretending like I could <laughs> do that, I'm just thinking like, it just, it seems like a good enough plan to work. <laughs> yes, totally. Obviously, the dad's going to be on high alert to have his kids like, shut up, hide, whatever. Mm-hmm. Does Does he relay that information in such a quick manner that it would insinuate to the reader that he is informed already as to who or what this person is who's done this thing um Could i the snowman be his brother okay that's that's good that's a really good insight that's the long road i took to say maybe snowman is brother i took it like this oh, that's really good that's really really good i took it like he is such a hunter of prowess uh-huh. that like it kicked in like hunter prey yeah sure mode and he was just like okay this is how you survive yep I know I know that I'm the prey now, so hide. There's literally nowhere to hide in the canyon, so cover yourself with someone else. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely like those are your options. <laughs> cover yourself with Gary or you're out in the open. Right, yeah. As his blood drips on you. <laughs> Try oh. not to get turned on. <laughs> I, I dare you. Oh man. Ooh, and I think that's where we end. Yeah. Recommend would read. Oh, A plus, yes. Everybody's got a hollow heart. Everybody's got a hollow heart. Lay down your money and you'll get a comic.
That's a Bruce Springsteen reference. Yes. I wish we introduced every comic and segment with a <laughs> Bruce Springsteen parody. We're both a couple Jersey guys. Just boss fans over here. Yep. Ho, 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 lo, ho. What do you think about the controversy surrounding him right now? Okay. I am so fucking glad you said this All to right. me. And I'm, I meant to talk to somebody about this. I was under the impression mm-hmm. that he was stone cold sober. So li- was I. Lifestyle. Yeah. Very, very astonished to find not only does he drink alcohol, but he drinks alcohol alone <laughs> and then drives the back roads of Atlantic City. Uh, that is just weird. It is weird. Almost so weird I can't believe it, but yep. it must be true. It's always weird when the boss lets you down. <laughs> Doesn't happen very often, but yeah. it, and do you like, think he'll step down as the boss? I think he'll step down as the Jeep <laughs> Nobody mascot. can call me the boss anymore. <laughs> That's his nickname. I'm the middle. I'm yeah, middle management now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the middle manager. Uh, I don't know. I think most people are feeling sorry for him, and you don't need to feel sorry for him. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. It's like don't whatever. Drive drunk. Yeah, don't do not drive drunk. Yeah, but um, it's like I'm weirded out of like, do I not? Does he is he selling me short? I, by the way, mm-hmm. hard hard recommendation of the uh, podcast that he does with um. Rick Rubin. And, oh, I didn't know they did one. Yeah, it's called Broken Record. Uh-huh. Um, it's Rick Rubin and Malcolm Gladwell. Interview him Ooh. for his newest album. Okay, cool. V- is is amazing. Awesome. Yeah. That sounds really good. Mm-hmm. And his new album ain't bad. All right. I really haven't listened to it that much. We've done this before. We've reviewed a, a Boss album before, and it Have was we? like a terrible fucking segment. <laughs> it's, it's fucking stupid. So moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Hollow Heart sounds like Hungry Heart, which is why we got there. Mm-hmm. But Hollow Heart is out on Vault Comics. It's by... Paul Collar. He's worked on TMNT, G.I. Joe, uh, My Little Pony. A lot of IDW books. So can yeah. I say this to the before you name the next book that he did? So he did this book in 2016 called Tet. Uh-huh. T-E-T. Explain. It was like a kind of a war book. The cover is very iconic. It's a skull with like a war hat on it. Okay. Um, a like, war hat. <laughs> what do you a, a helmet? helmet? <laughs> there you go. A war hat. <laughs> A war hat. <laughs> oh, my God. Sometimes I don't even hear the words that come out of my mouth. I think that it's one of those books that, like, would spec now okay. um, based on, like, it was really good and, like, uh, I don't know what publisher did it, but, like... Yeah, if it came out this week, it, it might be a spec book. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he... So Paul Collar does all these IDW books, and now he goes back to the book that he did with Paul Tucker from Tet. And they're kind of like getting the band back together for yes, this book. Yes, Paul yeah. Tucker's on this book as well. Yeah. Uh, the synopsis was great. <laughs> I think that's the only reason we're really covering oh, it. it. You texted it to me and I was like, yeah. whatever that book is, yes. Yeah, so you're about to read gonna it. we're going to cover it. Yeah, the only other thing is that Vault published this. And one of my New Year's things is to like try to make Vault appear to me to be the best independent comic publisher <laughs> of 2021. Make Vault happen for yes, yourself. Yes, make Vault happen. <laughs> now, I don't have to be talked into a lot of Aftershock and Vault first issues. Mm-hmm. They've got a pretty decent track record with me, and at a minimum, I'm enjoying the read. Right. I'm not going in saying just like, why the fuck did I spend five <laughs> bucks on this first issue? It didn't even make sense. Okay, so we're just going to read the last syn- sentence of the synopsis that put the hook in our mouth. A queer monster love story about the choices we make between giving our loved ones what they want and what we think they need. Love it. We don't necessarily know how our monster in this book (laughs) 
ended up the way they are. No, we know. And that's what. Okay, so we should maybe say that there's essentially. We need to explain the monster part of this. Yes. First. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a giant space looking monster like in, in, a, in an astronaut form, but is like a skull head. Yes. Looks like Glob Herman. My assumption is, is that someone was near death. Maybe the person the narrator was telling this like weird side story about. I didn't know if that was for like texture or to contrast the the narrative. Mm. But there was this like ongoing story that someone was telling throughout the book about a kid who puts his fish in a lake and yeah. lets it go and, and it gets wild. It turns into like someone like laying down screaming in a ditch. <laughs> And a deaf person walking by. He does it? Oh, yeah, you're right. I right? forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was kind of haunting. Yeah. The whole story, like the, it's it's a super creepy narrative. That probably doesn't make sense. You got to read it to kind of <laughs> understand what I'm saying. But in any case, that person could maybe be the monster. My assumption is here, or I feel like we're led to believe that this was a human whose body deteriorated and now their guts and bones and shit are packed into this machine Keeping their, like, goopy, basically dead body alive. Yes. What is the comic book that's, like, cement? It's, like, the guy that's all cement that looks like the thing. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. It is, yeah. Concrete. Concrete. <laughs> I was close. Yes. Cement. Cement. <laughs> <laughs> this is, it. if you read, those books are beautiful. Yeah. It's kind of like concrete. It's like if this person is so big and out of place that you love it. Yeah. Because you feel sorry for it. it contextually you find out that you think this person is trying to escape as they're trying sorry the monster you think the monster is trying to escape it's like within a facility yes when it tries to escape they have to like repair it through the questioning of it you find out that they're like hey you know you would die if you leave the compound if you leave the compound and they're like yes like i i want to escape which you as the reader and both the main narrator fixing the person realize, oh, this person is actually trying to kill themselves. Right. Or, sorry, I keep on saying person. This monster, monster <laughs> is actually trying to kill themselves. Right. Which pulls at the heartstrings of that person, and we get the main narrative of what I imagine is going to be the rest of the series of this person now trying to break that monster free. Yes. And let them go. And, and Right. From the synopsis, giving our loved ones what they want and what we think they need. I don't know if releasing this person out into or this monster out into the world free is going to solve their problems. No. I think they're living a brutal, awful existence with like in, t encased and tombed within this like robot with a dome skull. I mean, to, to be honest, most people, anybody would say if somebody wants to kill themselves and I can help them, you're going to try to help them live, though. <laughs> so, yes, you're yeah, right. So that's like they're doing what they should be doing. The part I thought you were going to say about the synopsis, go ahead. Those people aren't raw <laughs> skeletons, though. Okay. The part, the line that I thought you were going to take umbrage with in the synopsis was a queer monster love story. I thought the monster was going to be queer. Me too. Yeah. And still could be, I guess. Yeah. But the, the obvious, when you read the story, you find out that the, the mechanic is the person that I think they're referencing as queer yep. and who has a like a love, kind of like side secretive love fling, which I love this, yep. with the very much like machismo dude. Yeah. Their love scene made me laugh. This is just like massive Hulk guy. Oh, yeah. Being like, 
look at these wee biceps. You're so tiny. (laughs) I love love that you're compact, I think. I love that you're compact. Yeah, Yeah, that's so funny. If you look at this engineer mechanic by himself alone, he looks like a nice cut, swole guy. Yeah. And then in comparison to his boyfriend lover, we don't know. Secret lover of sorts. This guy's huge. Yeah. Do you think the monster and the um, engineer fall in love while he's trying to, like, help him escape? So, okay. And, I mean, we don't even know if the monster has a gender. Correct. I don't think, anyway. The other thing that we have that is really interesting is, like, I think that the main character does, like, a Tinder date one-night stand with a random person. Coworker. Oh, a coworker. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, like, has an existential crisis after it. Is that what it is? Like, and is like, what the fuck am I doing? I got to go save the life of this monster. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Like, that felt real. Yeah. Like, it's like you had sex with somebody that you were like, felt gross about. And you're like, what am I even doing with my life? Uh-huh. I'm going to go make meaning now. Yeah. I'm going to make life <laughs> mean something rather than just give in to my carnal urges. Well, especially th- since that conflict happened with someone in the workplace and the thing you're going to rectify is in the workplace. Yeah. There's a couple things working there. Right, right, right. Okay. It was not the same guy, though, right? I like, think it. I think it was the guy sitting in the control room. Okay. I don't know if you remember this, but there was this very clever part where the engineer wanted the monster to be sincere and honest with him, and he said, "I'm gonna need some privacy." Guys, gets out a ladder, goes up to the security camera, and pretends to turn it off, mm-hmm. and comes back down and is like, "Now we can be honest with each other." But he doesn't turn it off, and they get to watch. He everything. doesn't turn it off, and they get to watch. And he, in that situation, gets out of this monster that he would like to end his life, essentially. Yeah. In so, in so many words. But when he confronts that coworker later and asks him, I mean, how do you feel about that? You, you know, we, we heard this person we're keeping on this compound say they'd rather not live right. than be here. And he's just like, I, I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> like... I'm not. I don't get paid to care about that. Right. Can, I'm going to take the conversation a little bit differently. Yep. So here we have an author who mostly writes IDW books that are pre-existing content. Yeah. Right. Properties, GI Joe, TNMT, mm-hmm. My Little Ponies, all that kind of stuff. And then they write this independent book, and we like really see their them flex yep. and like get into some shit. Last week we had Kyle Higgins write Black Radiant, who had been writing Power Rangers for a long period yes. of time. Radiant Black. So sorry, Radiant Black. Yes, this book is leaps and bounds better than that one. <laughs> and Radiant Black wasn't a bad book. Like, no, I, I liked Radiant Black. I didn't dislike it by yeah. any by any measure. Yeah, but like, this is. I'm just saying that like, it's cool to see like somebody pent up writing for pre-existing properties or um is not a bad lifestyle. Right. But I think that you it always leaves you wanting to scratch this itch of like, well, I got to do my own thing. Totally. And like here. I shouldn't have made the comparison to Radiant Black, but here it's just is like, damn, yes, this 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 dude needs to be telling stories. Yeah. Again, just like the Snow Book was, uh, what was it called? Snow Angels. Worst worst title. That's that's my criticism. It's about not that a one. good title. Yeah, <laughs> but just like Snow Angels, it's a sort of book that, as you're reading it, you're asking yourself so many questions about the world, the repercussions. Where do I think it's going to go? Where might it actually go? Um, and that's always a sign of a good book. At a couple points, I was confused. So there's a couple, like, clue-in things that I need to help me out with this book. But overall, 
really good read. Totally. Really great concept. Um, I'm super interested. There was a variant that was like an homage to a ROM cover. I'm oh, trying to cool. think of who did original ROM. Was it like Frank Miller? Yeah, it was Marvel though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who wrote ROM. Yeah. I have the I have the number one, so I could go. Do you really? I could go look at it. I it's... think it's an homage to that cover. Okay, I don't think it's worth much, but yeah, <laughs> I I I believe you're right. ROM <laughs> number one's probably not worth much. First money. appearance of ROM. <laughs> they, they keep making ROM comics though. They sold them to. Hey, um, maybe that's the book we spec. We spec ROM number one. ROM number one. <laughs> <laughs> Some like random bargain bin book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. People are going clamoring for ROM yes. number one. Right. Yeah. Cool. All right. It's been another week. Um, like Budget King mentioned earlier in the show, if you want to hear what superheroes we would bring to our cousin's wedding, you're going to have to check out the Patreon. Uh, next week. I believe, what is it going to be, Friday, this Friday when the podcast drops, we're going to have another episode of Crosstalk. Crosstalk. And we're starting to get submissions for theme songs. Yeah. So we'll debut, at a minimum, a theme song option. And I can't wait. I cannot wait either. The cliffhanger on the last Crosstalk was that Madman showed up, so he's got a lot to... Oh, uh, see, find out. The only thing I'm more excited for what's going to be happening uh-huh. in Crosstalk 4 is to hear the theme song of our <laughs> new show by our fans. Ditto. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.